I am in Sarajevo at the moment in Bosnia-Herzegovina. I'm crouched under a pretty heavy duvet on my bed to try to <laughs> make my crappy microphone sound okay. Um, it's pretty warm under here, I'm not sure how long I'm gonna last. But <laughs> Nice. I'm in Vancouver in Canada and I'm recording in a crappy, loud, echoey room. Probably sounds terrible, but whatever. It's our first episode. Yeah, we'll. I'm sure we'll get through it. Mm-hmm. So we've been working for a while on a project. We have indeed. Um, I think you sent me a screenshot recently that indicated that the initial commit was November 2014. <laughs> so long ago. <laughs> um, but we're there. We're launching in four days. I guess we should say what the project is. Yeah, so we are we, a company called Supertop. Uh, we started, I guess, 2013 um, in December when we released our first podcast app called Castro One. And now we're on the verge of releasing Castro Two. We've done some other stuff too, but let's just talk about Castro for now. Ah, the other stuff. I mean, the other, the other stuff started us off, but yeah, I mean, I guess we really became a proper partnership with Castro. Mm-hmm. So as you said, we're four days out from launch. The app is approved. We've emailed all the press people um, and we're just working on the last steps to get the website ready and teaser videos and that kind of stuff. How do you feel? I feel slightly, I feel more prepared for the launch than I think for any of our previous ones. Um, we've given ourselves two weeks this time from the, well, at least the almost final line of code that was written. Um, we submitted almost two weeks ago to Apple, to, which is the version that's going to be released. We've worked on a couple of bug fixes since then, which we would release as soon as the, we released 2.0. Um, but we've had, at this stage, probably about 10 days um, to concentrate on getting the website done, contact and press people, planning out this really awesome podcast, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so in a way, prepared and I guess also at the same time, very scared. <laughs> um, I feel like it's, especially after two years of working on this project, um, it feels like there's a lot weighing on, on Monday and this, well, we can talk about that later on, how a lot of it feels like it is weighing down on Monday in particular, but it's not really just about Monday. It's more about have we managed to build something that is going to help us to continue to run this business in a sustainable way. Um, and I guess Monday is going to be our first indicator of that. Um, but it it goes a, a lot beyond that. It's just, I guess the pressure at the moment is focused on Monday, but... Yeah, it's definitely really exciting and terrifying to be launching this thing at last. Um, well, it's the yeah. longest. Pro- I mean, we've never, we've always worked on stuff for. I'm not sure wh- why it's always worked out so um, um, predictably, but it's like every project we've done before has been six months. Yeah. We, we did tokens and it was six months. We did Castro, it was six months. Um, and this one was not six months. So why, no. why do you think, like, it, it has taken us two years. I don't know if like if we had the finished product in front of us and we were trying to write it from scratch, it would not take us two years. 
No. Um, so what, why do you think? What, yeah, we should talk about some reasons why we think it's ended up taking two years. Well, I mean, I guess one thing is like we ne- we we didn't ha- we we never had a goal that it should take six months. I'm not sure if we have had that or it should take whatever amount of time. I mean, we gave it. We were very open ended when we started it. Um, I think we we were happy with Castro one and how that had gone and like as a as a project. As in, we were happy with the product, but we knew that business wise that it wasn't really proving. Um, to be a sustainable business, um, and we knew that we had plenty of ideas around like how we wanted to improve that and different ways that we thought that we could take um, a podcast experience. Um, but I feel like when we started Castro Two, it wasn't so much that we had already figured out exactly what we wanted it to be and we were going to implement it. It was more okay. Let's start now and let's see where this ends up. Um, which, for better or worse, has has led to this point two years later. Yeah, no, I definitely remember not wanting a deadline and feeling like a deadline had forced us to compromise in previous projects that, like, we had to not do features and not do certain things because we only had four months worth of savings in order to get our app out. Mm. Um, and this time we had a bit more runway, so I thought, like, let's try and do everything. We'll do every feature. We'll leapfrog all the competition. Um, and that's obviously not a great way to get a project ever finished because you can't really hope to do everything. No, exactly. And we have only finally managed to finish it by realizing that we actually had to set deadlines and actually had to get the thing released. Um, yeah, no, to, the the deadline ended up being the the thing that made us focus and finish it. I remember last... January or February, just after Christmas, being really uh, burnt out and depressed about the project never getting finished. And I think things could have gone very differently um, in a parallel universe, and we could have never finished it from there. Mm. But we managed to stick with it, and now it's I'm pretty proud of what we've come to. Yeah. No, I remember having different feelings at different stages. I mean, obviously, I've got, like we've each gone through... I mean, over two years in any project, or even if it wasn't just necessarily one project, if it was just full-time jobs that we had somewhere else, or if it had been a series of projects or whatever we had worked on. Like, I mean, I, I don't think we could necessarily ever expect to look back on a two-year period and think that we were in complete control all stages at maximum productivity and that there wasn't any lulls. Um, just so happens that at the moment, when we look back over two years, well, I'm well, actually, that is maybe something that we should get into. We haven't a hundred percent been doing Castro two for two years. Um, like we've worked on updates to Castro one. We've done stuff with um, on Red, the RSS reader that uh, that we have that we acquired from Jared Sinclair. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had tokens updates that came and went. Um, so we definitely have split our attention a little bit, but clearly, like the main focus of our attention has been on Castro two. Um, and there there've been personal things too like um my wife and I had a baby in 2015 and I think for about 3 or 4 months I ended up writing very little code um while we adjusted to that yeah um, you wrote a lot more code than I ex- than I expected was going to happen during that stage to be honest but I can yeah I can definitely imagine how it would look that way yeah so I mean over 2 years there're going to be like things like that are going to happen 
Yeah. Where you'll just lose months here and there. Um, I remember, like, I mean, I've been traveling a lot for the past couple of years, I guess since January. Well, no, nearly, well, since before we started. I think the last time that I had a full-time apartment was in August or September 2014. Um, I left Dublin soon after that, not really known for how long. Um, I think I spent a little bit of time in... I took two trips to Vancouver that year. Um, yeah, you, you, you came... And that's kind of when here. that's when we started Castro two planning and that kind of stuff. And I think we started talking about it in September and started coding stuff in November. Um, right. And I've been on the move pretty much since then. I mean, a few months in Thailand. I won't. There's, I mean, there's no, no need no, to do. list all the places. But I mean, yeah, there was Thailand and Ukraine, Turkey, um, Ukraine again, and a bit time in Ireland, and Bosnia at the moment. But um, and were you in? Um, Slovenia as well. Oh point. yes, Slovenia. That's terrible. I, if any of my friends from Slovenia hear me, forget to say that I'm going to be in trouble. <laughs> um, which I wouldn't necessarily say was a hindrance, but I mean, again, I guess I guess you are getting into a different flow in each of those places and figuring out where you're going to work from. And um, in some places, I've worked from offices, and some places I've just worked from home. So there's always kind of a balancing act that you're like when you're moving that much. Um, and what? Why do you travel around so much? I, can't, I guess can't pick one place. <laughs> um, no, I think it's cool because a, a lot of people uh, who aren't programmers often say to me, "Oh, cool! You can do your job from anywhere." And I say, "Yeah," and then I just work from home or whatever or a cafe. And so I, I like to point to you as an example of someone who actually gets the benefit out of this career option we have. Well, I mean, I think that was kind of part of the part of what made me want to do it at the start when I started. Or, I mean, there was a bunch of things. I mean, it was feeling a bit less settled in Dublin than I had been, feeling a little bit tired of being there, be um, even just in completely external matters, like the landlord sold the apartment that I was living in. Um, and I started looking around on Daft and looking at different places to live and prices were crazy in Dublin for really crappy apartments. And after a while, just realizing, oh, I'm looking at these places and I don't even feel like I want to be here that much at the moment. Um, and then just started by going to Thailand for a few months and not really planning it to be a very long thing. Put my stuff in storage in Dublin. Um, and it's been there for a couple of years at this stage. This is a very big diversion, but anyway, this is, I mean, I guess it's like sets the scene for uh, where we've been and what we've been doing for a couple of years, literally, yeah. physically. <laughs> um, but oh, the reason, to, like the one thing that made me think about that uh, a few minutes ago was, um, I remember arriving in Istanbul in January and sending you a message and saying, oh, I'm delighted, I mean, just landed in Istanbul, uh, really looking forward to finishing Castro 2 here. And I pictured like, okay, this is the city where Castro 2, I'm going to be when Castro 2 gets finished. And then a couple of months later, I ended up leaving a little bit earlier than planned. And a couple of months later, arriving in Ukraine and thinking, okay, now here, Castro 2 is going to get finished in Lviv. And well, now it is getting finished and it is getting released in Sarajevo. In Sarajevo. <laughs> Or nice. I guess the thing around finished, or I mean, I, I'm maybe finished is kind of an interesting word to um, latch on to because I guess it's not so much finished. We have 
so much more stuff that we want to do with it. And I mean, we talked about how at the start we had this idea that like, oh, if we don't set a deadline, we can just implement all of these different ideas that we have and release like the absolute ultimate thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm, I'm, I don't think that it's a case that we could have just chosen any point along the way and released something. I think it's like we've gotten to a point now where we realize that like what we have is a really solid iteration on the idea of what a podcast app can and should be. Um, but with so still so much more like direction for where we want to take it in the future. So I wouldn't necessarily call it finished, but it's like ready to ready to put out there in the world at least and keep going. Yeah, definitely. I think there's this one thing we talked about way, way back at the start um, where it was like a computer science book I read called The Mythical Man Months that's about, um, well, the overall myth- mythical man month thing that people are usually, if they've heard of it, the story they know is uh, the idea that you can't add an extra person to a project and have them instantly be productive. So often you make a project longer by making the team bigger. Hmm. Um, but there's one chapter in it called that's about second system syndrome. And I think, Oh yeah. You are... warned me about this one, I think. Yeah. Well, I tried <laughs> to warn myself, but then I got a bit maybe, uh, hubristic about it. So the idea is that you build your first system, like your first podcast app in our case, and then you remember all the things where you had to compromise and, um, you weren't able to do everything exactly as you wanted, which we've already talked about. Um, and then once you get the opportunity to build a second one, you're like, ah, this is the time I'm going to do everything perfectly this time. Mm-hmm. And then you end up taking on this huge scope of a project and it never finishes and you're in big trouble. Mm-hmm. But I remember at the time thinking, um, well, those guys who wrote, I mean, that book is from the seventies or something. They were, the guy was working at IBM writing software for computers where they had a thousand engineers working together. Um, and I thought, you know, we're making a podcast app. There's two of us. We can probably have a big scope and we'll get through it. We're immune. <laughs> yeah. So it's, we're immune. <laughs> and actually the book says like, there's one little paragraph at the end of that chapter that tells you that's like, how do you avoid this problem? And the only solution he really has is like, find someone who's already done it and put them in charge. Like someone who's already made the mistake of building a second system. Um, and so it's like you have to do it maybe to become a person who doesn't do it, which isn't really great advice. So on red two, basically you're saying we're going to be fine for on red two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on red two is coming before 2018. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess, um, I mean, that leads into like a kind of interesting idea just around like, I mean, the fact there is just the two of us, neither of us is the boss. Um n- I mean, we feel, I well, I feel a responsible. I think we each feel a responsibility to each to each other, but not in a hierarchical way. More in a, um, in a friend. Well, I guess in a friendly way and in a, um, um I, yeah, I guess yeah. The point is just yeah. It is no hierarchy. Um, like how much do you feel that something like a hierarchy? I'm not saying that you should have been in charge of me or anything, but like, <laughs> um, <laughs> how much do you feel that like the, like the relationship between the two of us has led into this taking two years? Oh, that's okay. That's interesting. Um, I think that there's a level of trust and you just see the other person does 
like they do good work you know that they're dedicated to doing you know to finishing the project day to day there can be things that you get annoyed about where it's like oh okay we said we'd do this thing at 10 a.m and we're not doing it um but over the long like over the long run or medium run even you see that like the work you make together is good and that's enough that's usually enough to get me through any minor irritations so i think i don't think either of us really wants to have a boss and we both probably were veered towards this indie lifestyle um where we make less money than we could make elsewhere um and yeah and have way less stability Pro well okay i'll speak for myself i shouldn't really speak for you um a big part for me was just having autonomy to decide what kind of things i want to work on and when i'll work on them and i i want to make things and be productive so i am relatively motivated um most of the time but yeah it's not it's not the traditional thing where you have a boss and you have to be at work at 8:45 and um you know e even place I think software programmers are often treated a bit more gently and maybe not kept to very rigid schedules. But still, ultimately, you have a boss. You have a thing to do by a certain time. Um, if if it's not done, maybe you have to work late and cancel your other plans. And we usually have the flexibility to say, well, no, just go do your other plans. Oh. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I answered your question. I kind of just rambled. <laughs> yeah, cool. I guess one one thing that that kind of starts me wondering about, which wasn't exactly where I imagined this going, but even, I mean, you talked about wanting autonomy, and I mean, I think that's definitely something that I wanted for myself as well for the past few years. Um, but I wonder where, like, where, like, where do we end up? How do we end up like wanting? like autonomy but to the degree where there's like autonomy between the two of us rather than like trying to go completely and utterly independent and just being like one like one and one essentially i mean one thing that i often like, think about like just be i'm making stuff and you're making stuff say like, think, like just right that we're independent and it's not it's not super top it's actually in project yeah yeah like i often oh, yeah, think so of like when we started working on tokens i mean before that we had been doing our own independent stuff so tokens is a Mac app that we made three or four years ago for generating promo codes. And when we started working on that, it was like, oh, let's maybe do, let's try and do a project together. Um, but at that oh, stage, was it was like, just do let's do a project together. It wasn't like let's start a. It was also software. a division of like um, I felt like I was. I think I had made a Mac app before. Um, you had done, I think, more websitey stuff. Yeah, I had done an iOS so, app at that stage as well. Oh, right. Well, I, I was certainly picturing it as like you were better at design than me and I was able to do code and that there was two sides to that, that I wouldn't be able to make something that uh, felt good. Mm. And that, and now, yeah, I mean, I think our roles have changed over time where we've both learned more about each other's, about the things that we used to specialize in. I think we've each broadened what we do. We each yeah. still, I still know if it's like, if something's wrong with performance, I know to ask you to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and this time I was I, partially just because, uh, okay, sorry, I should give some background. Uh, we have a server system for the back end of Castro 2, and that took a lot of work to build. And I wasn't, I didn't feel extremely competent to build it on my own so we helped we worked with somebody here in vancouver who helped us build it ryan and ryan 
good guy Ryan. <laughs> um, and so partially just because he was physically here, I ended up doing me and Ryan ended up doing all the server stuff this time. So there ended up being a little bit of a logical division of labor where I could make all the tentacles decisions. Yeah, this is the first, this is the biggest division that we've had for quite a while where there is a big part of the project that I know literally nothing about. Or, yeah. like, more than I, no more than I could glean from reading Slack messages, at least. But that's, and that's maybe a temporary situation. I'd like, I'd imagine over time you'll get up to speed on it. Like, I, I don't think that was by design that we decided we should specialize, I should do this, you should do this. No. Um, it just kind of happened that way. Um, but yeah, I think there's something about working together where you have like a, a sounding board and enough feedback from somebody who's invested in the project to be able to improve what you're doing. Like everyone on Twitter wants to be your beta tester and some of them will even send you feedback. Um, but like, it's very, uh, <laughs> it's skin deep and they don't understand the, they don't always understand the full problem you were solving. Mm -hmm. And it can be very useful. We had great beta, beta testers. I'm not complaining, but there's something a lot different about having a partner who's as responsible for the outcome as you are. Yeah, completely. Um, that means you don't just say, oh, make it better. There's like a much more rigid or a deeper understanding of the trade-offs. I think it ends up challenging you, or well, at least it, I, yeah, I'll speak for myself as well, but it ends <laughs> up challenging me to come up with better solutions for things, I think. I mean, I think it was around, by the time Castro 1 was done, I think I, like that feeling of when we started on tokens of feeling like we were starting, let's do a project together and see how it goes. And then even the start of Castro 1 was similar, like, okay, let's do another project together. Um, and we used to throw around like different ideas of different projects we, we could do, or I would have different ideas of things that I thought about working on. Um, and I remember there always been this idea in my mind of, oh, is, is this something that I would talk to Podrick about? Like, would we, is this something I would do with Podrick or is this something I would do by myself? Whereas, that whole thought process is like so alien to me now. Everything is just like, it, every, any idea or anything is like immediately, like it's, I fit it into like a super top framework. It's all about like, what would we do together rather than even thinking about doing stuff by myself anymore. Hmm. Yeah, totally. I mean, um, I, I think and, of dumb ideas that I want to do over a weekend, but then I, I never do them, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think like one thing like just around like the sound and board idea that you're talking about or around like ha like even just having somebody to challenge your ideas I think really ends up helping you to make them better in the end um, and I guess like to bring this back to Castro two more than like some more theoretical stuff from the past but like so there's a lot of ideas in Castro two around stuff that we wanted to do around challenging some of the paradigms and some of the um, language, I guess, and I can't think of the word at the moment, but like the concepts that have been like standard in podcast apps for years or in like played and unplayed episodes, for example. Mm -hmm. um, and each of those decisions, which I think at the start we like knew like, oh, we didn't like this distinction between played and unplayed in podcast apps because episodes that are look played, they don't actually mean that they really are played. It just means that they're not unplayed, for example. Um, and I mean, each, yeah, that, each of these conversations leads down like so many roads of different complexities and stuff where if I think if I had tried to solve all that by myself without having some like you to like talk through ideas with, it would have like made it like very difficult. Yeah, yeah, that 
that thing of having yeah sorry i'm getting hung up on that feature again so maybe i should stay on the overall meta topic but just um i think that's probably a big part of why it took two years as well is like that we iterated through these various ideas that like we couldn't we probably could have shaped the app up to some kind of releasable form much earlier but you can't really continue to experiment in any big way once you have actual users of an app like we couldn't have changed the whole paradigm of how episodes get lined up or anything like that without really annoying people Uh um so there was just so much like i wonder maybe in future we could get better at prototyping things and like making a bad photoshop version putting that on our phone and pretending to use it for a few days or something just so that we don't have to write all the code and get it really polished in order to realize that it's a good idea or a bad idea yeah i guess that's one thing that we have done more in castro 2 than ever i mean there's like so many different view controllers and animations and transitions and really polished different collection view cells and like stuff like mm-hmm. that that we've gone through at different stages um where we thought this was the solution and this was what was going to bring it all together that ultimately it are not in the final app um do you think that like I mean, I guess, yeah, you've, you're saying that like maybe we could have gotten to a point where, or maybe we will get to a point where we're able to make those decisions just based on sketches or Photoshop mock-ups or something like that instead, whereas I still wonder if maybe we could, like if maybe that just wouldn't, if we couldn't, I kind of wonder if like what we did was necessary, like as in like I would advocate the position that maybe it was, that like the different styles of navigation that we've had and the different ways of presenting the information that I'm not sure if we could have reached a conclusion that this wasn't absolutely right without just based on sketches or just based on mock-ups. I think we had to have it working on our phones, in our hands, with actual data. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, that that's pretty convincing. I, I guess if I was looking at this from a project manager point of view who was trying to get it, you know, be really efficient with resources and all that kind of stuff, like maybe we could have done that stuff without going to the degree of polish that we did Mm. yeah i think the iterations were necessary and we probably like having just pictures that you look at and you try to imagine using them that's probably not good enough to really make a decision of whether something is a good feature or not like it does need to move and respond to your fingers and all that stuff um and there are some prototyping tools out there that try to do this but i always get the feeling like i'd be doing half the work to make the thing in like like there were those Facebook things where it used, um, oh, what was that tool called? Uh, Quartz Composer. Mm. And you could design the design a bunch of it, animations for UI interactions. It's a pretty cool tool, I think, but I still feel like we get more out of using it on our phones. Yeah. Like, so I think we did at the very start was like, we had just we had taken over on Red, got a few updates out for us, and stabilized it as like a super top app. Um, and then we like I love the design of that app still. I think it's one of my favorite things ever, or like favorite app designs ever. And I remember thinking like, okay, well we have this now. We have like all the code, and why don't we make Castro two like this basically? Mm-hmm. Um, like basically be. We'll have this super top feeling of app where it's like sloppy swiping and really responsive, very clean design. 
Um, so the one of the first, I mean, if we look at those early commits, the first things we're doing are adding a ton of the on-red frameworks and um, view controllers. And then we started making the app very like on-red and having like the, um, on-red is our RSS reader. Um, there's, this, there's a gesture in this where you pull to the left. So you bring in a screen to the, to the side and then all the options for the screen are there. And the main screen itself has almost nothing, like no interactive elements on it. Um, and in Castro 2, at one point we had the queue over on the right and that seemed really good for a while. Um, and then over time, it just started, like the feedback we got from beta testers was that it didn't feel connected to the rest of the app. We had the player is, controls over there as well. Yeah, yeah, the player <laughs> controls were there for a while. Everything's been over there. <laughs> so we went through all those things and that all seemed like a really solid persuasive idea at the start of like, OnRed is awesome. Let's make Castro 2 based on the same stuff. We mm. get this huge head start. Um, and then over time, I think it was like, yeah, maybe around the end of last year, it just, because we needed to expand all that stuff to work in a podcast app, um, and it had all been written to be a reader app, we weren't, like, Jared wrote great code and the app is amazing, but, like, he didn't try to write a framework for writing generic apps, obviously. <laughs> um, so when we were trying to extend it to do more and more things, it just we kept running into roadblocks and it felt like it took a very long time to make even small changes or add new screens. Mm. Um, so I remember back, uh, yeah, around the start of this year or end of last year, we just tore all that stuff out and started again with storyboards. Um, and then we had this big jump in productivity and we got lots of stuff done and iterated tons more again. So yeah, anyway, to bring that back to the main points, there was I think I could have persuaded a project manager that we had this amazing plan that was going to get us started really fast and give us a great UI. Um, and so then we would have, <laughs> maybe we would have ended up in the same situation, I guess. Yeah. I, sometimes I wonder if it like give a different, so, so, so we're, we ultimately ended up with an app that's not on red for podcasts in any yeah, sense. Not at all. Um, Whereas we each were like convinced that that was the way to go at the start. And so, I mean, that's how we spent, as you said, as you went into detail about, that's how we spent like a lot of the development time at the start. Um, I guess arguably a designer would, a, I, I need not say a designer, but I, I mean, somebody else, one of us or somebody else, if there was a third person, for example, I guess could have maybe convinced us in an early day that that was not the way to go. But we mm. didn't. It took us a long time. It took us a while to realize that. Yeah, I remember we showed it to our friend Alan Pike here because mm-hmm. um, we got a prototype running really fast. It didn't play podcasts, but it had all the a lot of the navigation stack and all the UI feeling. Um, and he was not impressed by it. No, <laughs> no we, just... we, we didn't want to listen to him because he wasn't impressed. Yeah. It was actually, that's, yeah, I forgot about that. We should have listened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he's a pretty smart guy. Um, but... Yeah, so there was definitely, a, we had our idea of what we wanted to do and it was, it took us using the app and eventually coming around to the problems with it. Like, I don't think, I don't think there's anything someone could have said to convince us to start differently mm. back then. I mean, the other big change that happened since then, and I, I guess it's still related, 
in some way to the to the unread's roots in the app is i mean now it's a tab based app whereas it started out being basically drill down menus like unread um where like you'd have your top level screen and then you would tap down into the different sections and when you wanted to navigate to another section you'd swipe back out and then tap into another one um um and i guess I mean, so then we realized, I'm not sure how long ago it was now, but like one of the most more recent and like final big changes we made to the app was to basically rip that stuff out and make it more based around tabs where like the different sections of the app were going to be distinctly like have a physical location on the screen at all times. It was going to be very easy to switch between them. Um, and I mean, that made a huge difference to the app yeah. for me. No. Yeah, that and was I amazing. Think, like... I think, I guess one thing that that that's, I think about that at the moment is that like, the drill down approach maybe was is perfectly suited to unread, where it's like you're going to drill down into a list, for example, but it's not like, and it, but you're going to spend a lot more time down there because you're going to drill into Darren Fireball or Max Stories, um, and then you're going to read all the articles in there, and that might take you. Like that could be your entire session. That's what you do. You read all the articles in that list. Mm -hmm. um, whereas in Castro, it's more like you're manipulating or like making decisions about different episodes, and then you're going to queue them up in whatever way, and you're going to press play, and then you're going to put the phone back in your pocket, and everything else is going to happen without you looking at the screen. Whereas in on Red, maybe you're spending a lot more time on some of these individual screens, so it's it's okay that you've like drilled down to specifically what you want. And you don't necessarily always have to be able to switch context within the app so quickly. Yeah, because and in on Red too, like the the equivalent of a player screen is like the article. Mm -hmm. So, but with and there's no concept of a queue, which is like a huge central part of Castro. Mm -hmm. So you do in Castro, you need to switch between those things so that you can use the app. Yeah, <laughs> um, and, like and that was that was definitely forward. too awkward for for too long. Yeah, and that was, I think, giving me a growing sense of dread that I didn't really recognize until we changed it. Oh. That, like, I was like, it was a voice in the back of my head saying, mm, "This isn't. This app doesn't feel great." Um, and then when we, it was actually, yeah, it was in San Francisco um, at WWDC. We sat in a cafe for about four or five hours one morning and sketched out various tabs approaches. And then we got that implemented pretty fast afterwards, and. I think it was like one Friday you just tweaked the dark mode and then between the tabs and the dark mode looking right, like looking shippable. Um, it was like this sudden moment of like all the doubts being lifted. Well, not all the doubts, but like anything about the app not being as good as I wanted it to be just kind of went away. Of Like, okay, cool. We have something. I had a, That was a huge sense, sense of relief to me. A disproportional sense of relief, I think. Yeah. That day, like th those changes that... Uh, I made to night <laughs> he mode. Changed that day. Like, he changed like eight colors, I think, in the commit. <laughs> that yeah. was it. It took like it took many hours to change those eight colors, but um yeah. it, it I mean, I just know that it had gotten to a point in the project where like with like with all the different ups and downs, but where like I know like friends and family and who maybe didn't necessarily wouldn't want to ask me like how's things going with Castro like out of fear in a way where it's like <laughs> okay I don't know if I should bring it up like maybe he's like maybe he's pissed off or maybe 
like he's feeling overwhelmed and we should just mm. talk about other things or something like that. And it was that weekend after the dark mode and somebody asked me, um, I think tentatively, like, oh, how how's Castro going? And I, like, unreservedly and, um, like, without any doubt, just said, great, brilliant. I was like, yeah. okay, would, it's getting, it's there. Like, And I had been saying that in some sense or another. I mean, I know, like, for at least probably the past year, we always thought, like, oh, maybe it's a few months, it's a few months. But this was a much more, like, concise, like, I was like, no, like, we're very, like, it's coming out soon. And yeah. it's good, like, which it does not make complete sense for like those changes to the colors to be the difference of what made me think like be more <laughs> confident in feeling that we had made something good but something clicked that day at least <laughs> yeah just it crossed a boundary it wasn't i don't think it was the one thing but it definitely went into like okay cool right we're we're there mm-hmm. and yeah so that's maybe we did have to go through i don't know i i i don't think i can go all the way to admitting that we needed 2 years to do this but like certainly we needed a lot of it um, to get to this point, I think. Yeah. I think different things could have happened over the two years. No, I'm not sure. I mean, we could hypothesize forever about like what we needed. I mean, I guess it took two years, so that's it. It's done. Um, yeah. And like, I think, I guess what I'm happy about is that it's at a point now where I would not have, like if, in November 2014, when we sat down to like start like development on the app, if we were to sketch out what the app was and like what it is now, it's something, it's something very different and something that I think is like remarkably better than what we hoped for at the start. Um, and it has been like a, like a journey, a trial even like to get to that point. But I mean, I guess. Uh, like the road that gets you there. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Um, do you think there's anything like, do you think there's anything to the idea that you just need to be in the right time to do something like that? We could never have made this app in 2013. Like we needed to have done all the other stuff we did between now and then, like this couldn't have been Castro one. I think it definitely, I, I don't think it could have, being Castro One in the same sense that like I remember talking about even around the time of Castro One that like until we had done tokens, I don't think that we could have even felt like, that we could take on Castro One. Because like each project that we've done I think has given us permission. I I don't mean that in a I mean that in like an internal way. Like like I feel like I have I give myself permission like to take on something a little bit more ambitious, like more ambitious each each time. Um, like we started tokens thinking like feeling like, like in my head like it was always oh, small enough I could handle it whereas when we started Castro 1 I thought okay this is a big project but I think I can handle it because tokens turned out pretty good um, the fundamental like the I think the scale of Castro 2 I don't think I was personally ready for in 2013 <laughs> yeah yeah um, definitely I think, yeah, I definitely think there's elements of um, experience with Castro 1 that is fed into Castro 2, like that it was much, Castro 1's maybe a bit more playful even and adventurous than Castro 2 is, but we had had all these moments with Castro 1 where it's like, 
I'm showing it to uh, showing it to a relative who is really into podcasts, but he can't figure out the back gesture because there's no back button uh-huh. and back gesture like the idea of swiping had only just happened in iOS seven. And I remember when we made that or when we made that decision, it felt like okay, this is really forward looking. We're going we're going to be where things are. Huh. Um, but then like people couldn't use it. And that was the most disappointing, like even people who are already into podcasts, because you already, you always have this thing where you want to show someone your app, but they don't care about podcasts. So there's really no point going into it. Um, but this was someone who was, and then like, it was just heartbreaking to see them try and figure it out. Um, and they weren't, yeah. So Castro 2, we have back buttons. They're still swiping. Um, <laughs> there's like a title. It looks a bit more traditional. It looks a bit more like a normal iOS app. Um, yeah, for sure it does. Um, um, there's, I mean, there are flourishes in it, and I think it's still playful, but it's not as. Um, I think it's playful yeah. in a lot of, in a much different way. I mean, I think it's playful in terms of some of the anima- animations and stuff like that. It's when you like sta- uh, individual static screens, I don't think are feel that way as much as Caster One does. But I mean, I yeah, think that's. Definitely. In a way, like I know that there were stages earlier on in development where we felt like, or I felt like we were, like I pushed against maybe some of the decisions that ended up being best for Castro 2 because we had made different decisions in Castro 1. And I felt like parts of Castro 1 had to make it into this thing just because they Mm. were in Castro 1. And I'm happy in the end that we... That that has that that hasn't that that hasn't, that, that hasn't oh, like wait, framed know, what we did. Yeah, the best thing <laughs> last last week when we were writing our PR stuff up and emailing all the journalists we could think of, um, the the best I had this realization that like okay, last time we had to do this, we were trying to come up with a way to dress up the idea that like basically this app is designed super nice. You should get it mm-hmm. for that reason alone. And that was like, there were lots of good things about Castro One. It was, it's simple to use um, and uh, looks nice, blah, blah, blah. But when we were trying to convince people of why they should write about it or why they should get it in any kind of bullet point way, it, like we couldn't. <laughs> it yeah. was always like, yeah, it has the same features as the free podcast app, but it's way nicer. And it was so much nicer in Castro Two when we were writing that stuff to be like, we have a whole pitch. We're like, this has features that are that no one else has focused on in the same way. Um, there's, yeah, it, there was something that just hit me that was like, oh, this is a much more mature approach that like we're trying to do something different. We're not just trying to take the same rough idea and paint it nicer or something. It was like great, that. yeah, to write about what the features were rather than try to say it looks really nice in 10 different ways that don't sound repetitive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, totally. Um, and I'm not sure it's going to come across as that immediately to people that it's very different, but like, just to back up what I'm saying, um, there's, you touched on the idea of the played on played state Mm -hmm. being this thing that carries throughout most apps. Um, it's not really, it's not really a true reflection of whether it's played or unplayed. It's more like, do you want to listen to it or not? Mm-hmm. Um, like you subscribe to a podcast with a thousand episodes, all of them are marked played so that you don't have a thousand episodes in your queue. Um, although you haven't listened to any of them. Um, 
but it ends up just being the flag you press to put something in a list or not. Mm-hmm. And then the second part was the other thing you have to toggle all over the place in Caster One and most other podcast apps is download, yes or no. Mm-hmm. And so, so every time you show an episode, you have to have these two toggles on it. And it just seemed kind of overcomplicated. And we've managed to boil that down to just like, okay, do you want to listen to it or not? So if you do, put it in your queue. If you don't, um, don't put it in your queue. And then we're able to infer it's in their queue. They want to download it. It's in their queue. Like there, there's nowhere to mark something played or unplayed. It's there's like a check mark that says it's played if you've ever played it. But but, but that's no. what I, I mean. I like that. Then that is actual an actual representation of the fact that you have definitely played that, and it powers yeah. the, the history feature in the app as well. I mean, we, yeah. we were ch- I can't, we were chatting about something last night, and I was trying to remember an episode that I had listened to about it um, about podcasts and radio, the difference between um, the style of podcast and the style of radio. And I knew I had listened to something recently. Um, I couldn't remember what it was. So like flicked down through my history um, and and found it. So like I love that like played can now actually mean played and other features can like be based off that and that it like yeah communicates real real um, I was going to say yeah I guess status but no I don't mean status I just mean yeah, it's it. It is. It actually means what it semantically means. Yeah, like it's it indicates your activity. So that's yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, no, and that's cool. And then there's the whole inbox queue divide where we have the idea of triage. Anyway, this stuff's all. Well, we don't need to keep. Stuff. We don't need to pitch Castro too, yeah. really. I suppose, but um, yeah, if someone's listening to our podcast this far, they're probably already interested. Um, but but anyway, it it was really nice to be able to talk about these things as like, look, there are. Maybe, maybe you don't think these features are important or the uniqueness matters, but like there is some uniqueness here, so it's not just a project to redraw something. Yeah. So yeah, that was that was pretty nice. Um, so how do so, you feel? Like, hmm. okay, so we like it's taken us. It's so it's, I, I maybe we should get over like how long it's taken us and focus on. I mean, it's done now. Yeah. Um, or at least it's done to the point of being released. Um, and on Monday. We're going to release it. And how do you feel about that? <laughs> um, well, so I've been testing the servers. <laughs> and I, um, I, want to, I want to make sure that everything works great, even though like we're going to have this peak load for like next week. We're going to have lots and lots of users all signing up at once. And then every other week after that is going to be hopefully still a lot, but like nowhere near the peak at the start. Um, so I've been trying to make sure the servers all work great for that and to pick, so I need to pick some numbers of what rates of requests we can expect on the servers. Um, and so the thing I went back to, uh, to as some kind of reference point to base it in reality was I looked at the Castro one numbers of how many people downloaded it, well, bought it, I guess, on day one last year. Hmm. And depending on the time zones, it well, like how it breaks it up, you get different numbers, but let's just say it was 3,000 people bought mm. it on day one. Um, and then, so that was my baseline minimum. Like, we have to be able to support this as a minimum. Ideally, we can support like 10 times that so that we're totally covered if we have the best launch in the history of podcast apps. Um, and th- that was great, and I was able to do my work. And then last night I couldn't sleep, and I was thinking like, okay, fuck, now we have this number. 
that if we don't beat it, we failed. Do we have to put an explicit marker on this in iTunes now? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that was warranted, though. I've been holding back. <laughs> yeah, it's 45 minutes in. I think it's time for... No, I'm not going to curse myself right now. Um, I sound very pure. <laughs> you are. You're. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, that was... That genuinely kept me awake thinking like, okay, I can't really bullshit myself about us still doing fine if we don't beat that number. Hmm. And we've never had something like that where we couldn't put it in some context and convince ourselves that there was a long run thing before. So I got kind of scared that now I'm going to have to take what we're doing or look at what we're doing with a really critical eye and be like, okay, well, you guys spend four times as much time building an app that didn't even do as well as the one you you know, the one you did in six months Um, and what the hell is going on. And obviously, obviously it's not sustainable because it's, you're getting worse at it from a business point of view. Um, Now that's not to say that day one is everything. What we really want is like, but it feels like it is. I mean, I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, I definitely want to argue that it isn't, but it's somewhat like I've, yeah, it definitely like lingers on your mind. Like I'm terrified of like what of the like, not so much of day one, but of like day two when we get the sales reports. Or I guess we'll have an idea from the servers on day mm-hmm. one how it's gone at least. But um, I guess I like um, speaking of Slovenia earlier, where where which I forgot to <laughs> mention it list of places where I'd spent time. But I was chatting to a friend of mine from there earlier and. Mm-hmm. She was asking me how things were going, and I was saying I was stressed about Monday. And she said, "Oh, but sure, all the the hard work is done anyhow. Like, isn't it? it's all out of the way? The like you have the thing done. Like that's the main thing." And I was just thinking that like it that didn't feel like that didn't relieve my stress in any way because I had this like weight on my shoulders or this feeling that like okay yeah like the main the the like the we have two years of development behind us, but on Monday we're going to release this thing. It's going to be on the App Store. It's going to be available for people to buy. And if this sense of dread that, like, okay, if more people, if I if basically, if we don't have like a more successful day on the App Store that day than we ever have had, that in some way, like, does that make like the past? Does that make the whole thing a failure? Or like, does that like inevitably like doom it? Or like, yeah. Yeah, no, that's... And so I don't yeah, think it does, but I think the... Uh, like, I mean, I guess motivation-wise is, like, this, this kind of the scariest part. Yeah. Because I think we talked about this, obviously, between each other before, that, like, we don't both feel like we need to make the same money. We don't need to be making the maximum amount of money we could make from our from selling our skills in any way, in some way. No, like, or we would be doing something else. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I'm happy enough to, like, not make a fortune per year but there is a minimum obviously <laughs> where you just can't take yourself seriously if you're not um if you're like living off savings or other people's kindness or something like that oh. like this i don't really want to think about super tops that much as a like that it's this business we're trying to grow into like some something else like it's more a thing we're doing that that is rewarding in itself but this is just a thing it has to like like it has to make enough money to make it justifiable i guess yeah. that it's not just like a weird hobby we have where we make apps for 
Apple as volunteers. And so day one, I guess, I mean, I guess the pressure on day one is because that seems like it's in, in, in going to be indicative of that in some way. But, yeah. But I think, but I mean, I think actually what's going to be a lot more important than day one is the scale. Like, obviously, day, we're going to sell more on day one. Well, okay, the last time I think day one and day two were pretty much equal, and then after that it started to go down. But I mean, we're going to sell more on day one than we do on day eight, say, for example. But yeah. it's a, I guess it's the question of where, like, where the tail goes is, yeah. going, is, where going, is, is going to be like the most important part. It'll settle at some number, like, over a month, like within a month or two, it'll settle somewhere. Yeah. And is that point... Depending on where that point is, it's going to make a big difference to us. But you know, so think, we've looked at we've looked at the app anti charts, and we know um, we know that there are podcast apps that make enough per day that we'd be happy with. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we're making something and there's just like it's unheard of. No one's ever made it work. Like it can be done. <laughs> yeah. Um. And you can make excuses for other people of why they're successful. Like Pocket Cast has been around longer. Marco has an audience, but like we have our own benefit, our own advantages too. So I think there's no reason we can't do as well as one of them. Yeah. Assuming that we do a good job of our software. And so, yeah, it's, it's not impossible, I suppose, for us to end up at a point where like the app is making enough per day that it actually, we can look at people straight in the face and be like, yes, we are indies and we're actually making enough money to eat from day to day. I guess for my own mental health as well, I kind of, obviously if Monday goes like super well, I'm, I'm just going to like take it and I'm going to be like, okay, that's, that's what I needed to like show me that everything's fine. Um, but I'm wary or scared of like placing like too much emphasis on it. Like, like say in terms of like, okay, what it's going to settle at or like what we can expect to make in a month, like say in two or three months, what we can be making each month from it. Um, like, I don't think it should be that we like, we look at Castro one launch and like, okay, this is how much we made on day one. And this is how much we made by month three. And therefore like that amount correlates to what we're going to be making yeah. in three months time. Like, I think we have to hope that we have created something new. We have created something valuable um, that doesn't have to have like the, will sh- should not hopefully have like the exact same trajectory as, as Castro yeah. one has. Um, I, like I, as I say, like I know there's going to be similar scopes. I mean, similar shapes to the charts in a sense where like it's, we're not going to make like day one revenue forever. Um, I've made that mistake before the first time I ever released an app and I thought I was going to be making 365,000 a year. <laughs> um, but, uh, sorry, <laughs> I just went off into a daydream again there. But, um, yeah, I think we need to see over time. And I mean, the thing is we like, we've so many, so much that we want to do with this app. Yeah. And like places well, that we want to take it and things that we want to do and ideas that we have around discovery, say, for example, and stuff like that, um, where I don't want us to already feel deflated about those plans by next Wednesday, for example. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's we've done too much work to give up on it quickly or anything like that. Mm. Um, 
And like, I don't think that we're, I really think we're going to have a much better launch. It's just, it was the, the idea that there's a marker now, I think was the scary thing. Mm. Um, that does mean something. Maybe it doesn't mean everything, but yeah, that was, that was what was so intimidating. Um, but I am really glad that we're getting it done. Like I'm, I, I, there have been things I've started in my life that take, that took a few years that I didn't finish or that ended badly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, they hang over you for a long time. Like they feel, if you don't finish it, it feels like a failure or something, even, even if there are good reasons why you didn't finish it. Um, and well, so it's, really the, happy. it's the first version too we've ever released. <laughs> yeah, it is the first version too. So yeah, I'm glad it, there's going to be, so outside of that, like business sustainability side of things, I'm really excited. Like I think to, to the point where when we get some of the inevitable, inevitable negative feedback, I, I'm, I don't think that's going to get to me the way it has in the past. Cause mm. I think I'm just confident enough what the app is and what it's good at. And like, um, so yeah. So I guess overall, I'm very excited and very proud of it. It's just, there's this nagging thing of like, please, can we keep doing this work? (laughs) Okay. How do we, how do we wrap this up without sounding like we're about to go into business? (laughs) (laughs) I think it sounds good. Um, Well, that was okay. We've been talking for 50 Eight minutes. Should yeah. we start wrapping it up? I, th- I think we should wrap it up. We should save some material for our future episodes. <laughs> okay, well, this has been the first episode of the Super Top Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Thanks for buying Castro 2. <laughs> hint, hint. <laughs> and we'll be back soon with more news about Castro and everything else Super Top. Thanks for listening. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Podrig, P-A-D-R-A-I-G, and Ushin is at Prendio2, P-R-E-N-D-I-O-2. That's a good and... idea. Thanks. And Super <laughs> Top Squid as well. Oh, yeah. That's another one. Lots of Twitter accounts for you. Um, Our website cast... is supertop.co. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye.